Hello, I'm Keith Barr, Chief Executive of IHG Hotels and Resorts, one of the largest hotel operators in the world with over 6,000 hotels. And this is my duvet flip. Over to you. How are we doing today? Doing great. I love your suit. Well, it's thank so, you. so pucker. <laughs> so we always start here because there'll be young people tuning in. Some will be studying, some will be in their f just stepping into their first jobs, some of them will be looking for work. And we have 100, 136,000 young people at one given time open to work. Mm. So looking, what do we do? How do I get experience? My first question is, what was your first job? What did that job teach you? And what do you wish you knew that you want to pass on to young people? Uh, my first job was actually in the hospitality industry. Uh, I was a dishwasher in a restaurant at the age of 13, and that actually set me on the course of being passionate about hospitality, and we'll talk more about it later on what I went, did from there, but it was, um, it was a great experience of getting into a restaurant and realizing I was passionate, I became a real foodie, I actually became a trained chef later on, uh, before I went off to university as well too, so it really got me into understanding work, got me working as a team, and I think with young people, it's... Um, being, find them you're passionate about. You know, I've, I'm 53, be 53 years old this year, so that'd be 40 years ago I started working in this industry. Never aspired to become chief executive of a global hotel company, but um, anything's possible. Absolutely, anything is possible. And you talk, I wanna, I wanna touch on there because I think that's a really important point. Be passionate, turn up, and I'm a big believer, whatever you do, turn up with grace, turn up with passion, do it with your full energy in that moment. How can someone, adopt the passion passion skill set that they may not have how can they be passionate about something whether it's a it starts as a job then becomes a career whether it's a, to earn a bit of money how can someone be truly passionate what are the what are the kind of ingredients i, I think you have to find something that it really ticks in you right you know for me it was it was food Right? I started working in a restaurant going, watching the chef going, that's really cool what he's doing over there. And so then one day I got to, you know, I was peeling potatoes and I was deveining shrimp. And next thing you know, I'm helping out on the line and picking up skills. And I worked for some amazing chefs when I was younger. And, you know, and I had to work full time through university to pay to go to school. Um, but I had built out the skill set to enable me to do it. So I think it's find something that excites you, interests you, you have to be inquisitive about it and want to learn and develop. And, and if you think it's, well, it's just a job, then that's probably not the thing you should be doing. If it's something going, I really love showing up. I love showing up to be around great people, showing up to be around things that are really interesting. And, and I loved learning. I loved sitting there in the kitchen watching the chef do new things and going, could you teach me how to do that? And so for me, it was food. For some people, it might be something else. But it's just, you know, you have to find something that intrigues you. And you, so you asked the question, can you teach me how to do that? What are you doing? How does that work? So you was quite curious. Curious. And also, I mean, I always tell people, you have to work for really, really great people. You know, I've been privileged in my career to work for amazing men and women all around the world. I've lived, uh, gosh, I've been in Asia. I've been here in Europe, grew up in the States. Um, and I've worked from just incredible people who really cared to be a mentor early on in my career, um, and to this day, you know, I sort of, I still am, am, am friends with those people because they were willing to share what they knew, but they also knew that I was, in, I really cared about what I was inquisitive. Like they wanted to teach me because they knew I wanted to learn. It wasn't like they were saying, let me just show you how to do this. It was, 
he's really interested and wants to be be great at this and um and was not afraid of hard work too you know sort of you know going through university and i was working you know i was going to class all day and i was then throwing on chef whites in the evening and going cooking in the evening and then going back and you know finding time to do homework and classwork um but i was always having fun because i loved doing what i was doing and what does it what does what does that look like to work for someone who, a good team or a good boss? What does that mean? And what does that look like? What are kind of the, some of the kind of traits that you, because young people may be just joining a job now and because they've, they've got no one to benchmark mm-hmm. to, their, their boss, their manager may not be as bad as they think. Uh, or they might not know that they're working for a good boss and they should keep hold of that. So what are the traits of a good boss? I think the, the bosses that I worked for, that I thought were the best, were one, two, a couple things. They challenged me. So they did, didn't make it, it wasn't always easy, but they challenged me to be the best I could be at something. They challenged me to get out of my comfort zone, because there were times in my career where I was convinced I was just gonna do something like here, and they go, actually, we're gonna do something you're completely uncomfortable doing, because you're gonna learn more that way. I think also work for someone who really, cares about you as an individual, you know, and takes the time to do it. Doesn't mean they're gonna be easy on you always. Doesn't mean they're gonna you know, give you a free pass on anything. But you know that they're, they're invested in you because they know you're invested in the work, you're invested in the company, you're invested in the business. And so I always talk to my team, it, it goes both ways. Like, you, you will get as much as you give, and, and you, and you sh- but you should expect to have to give. And give is hard work, it's commitment, it's, you know, and being, trying to be your best self. Absolutely. And when was the last time you was at your comfort zone and what did you do to not get imposter syndrome, fill out your depth and realise that actually, no, I'm here, I've got my team around me. What, what was that? Because a lot of young people right yeah. at the moment with the cost of living, stress pressures of school, uni, trying to get a job, they all fill out their comfort zone right now. And I'm trying to explain to them that everyone feels out their comfort zone at one given time. And that could be for different reasons, both professional and personal. So what was the last thing that you was out your comfort zone at? I mean, we were talking before this started, and I think um, people don't realize that everybody gets outside of their comfort zone. And it happens whether you're a chief executive of a global company or in your first job. That's okay to be outside of your comfort zone if you don't lose confidence in yourself. And I think that's the thing you have to be able to do. You have to believe in yourself, be self-aware, knowing like, hey, is it how much of a stretch is this for me or not? Um, you know, like I, was doing, I was doing investor presentations last week and I knew it was gonna be tough and it's like getting ready for it. I'm going, oof, this is gonna be hard and you know, wasn't quite feeling ready for it. And then I practiced with the team and got through it. And then we had a brilliant two weeks of traveling, talking to investors and going, you know what, I'm pretty, pretty good at this. And after and uh, after doing it now six years or now 31 years with the company too. So I think it's to recognize you can be out of your comfort zone, but, don't, but have confidence in yourself. And also have confidence in the people around you who want you to be successful. Absolutely. So if you're feeling out your comfort zone, believe in yourself. It, and it's, it's true. I, I go and speak on stage and I don't do one for a week or two and then I'm like, I've got this speech today and I don't want to speak on this stage. I don't know if everyone's going to look at me and say, and it's just, once you've done it, you feel much better. But it all starts with being confident in yourself and those around you. Absolutely. And also recognize that you, you belong there. You've earned it, right? And I was sort of, I'll get ready to do a, con- a conference and I'll have 5,000 people sitting in a ballroom and having to get up and speak to them and recognizing, 
I, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm good at my job. Um, I prepared for this. I'm ready to do it. I may still have butterflies in my stomach before walking out in front of 5,000, but once you get out there and you start doing it, you recognize you're, you're good at it. And that, again, have that belief in yourself. But, you know, I would say be confident, but don't be arrogant, right? Be, be self-aware, um, but don't be self-deprecating. You know, it, it's being those things of really to see the best in yourself, to be, and I always want to get better. And people ask me, you know, they think because you become CEO of a big company, I'm like, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly learning how to do things better, do things differently. And those are the leaders that I've met in my career who are the most successful people around. Because I think the minute you believe you know everything, you're in trouble. Because you have to be constantly learning and constantly, and I use the word inquisitive because, I mean, the world is constantly changing around us. Nothing is static anymore. And so if you're kind of locked in time of going, I know everything, it's a dangerous place to be. So confidence with kindness. Yeah. I like that. And that relates to young people if they do get an interview. Feel confident that you've been invited to come to an interview. They must see something in you. But yet again, turn up with kindness. Don't be arrogant. And definitely don't think that you know all the answers because we all don't. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there is this thing of when people show up to an interview with me, people who are thoughtful, who are self-aware, who are quietly confident, and putting that right that balance together of going, you know, and, and they recognize that they have they have a lot to give, um, but they still have a lot to grow, right? As as an individual, and I'm always looking for that people who have that level of going, yeah, they're they're confident, but not not cocky, right? You know, they 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 have they have pride in what they do, but they're not arrogant, um, and when they can bring that to the table, people want to work for people like that too, right? At the end of the day, people want to work for people who go, that's a good person. You know, and I know that we may not always agree on everything, but they're going to do the right thing at the end of the day. So you went uni. Mm -hmm. What happened next? So yeah, it was interesting. So I mean, I started working in restaurants when I was a teenager. Uh, learned how to be trained to be a chef. Worked full time at the university, um, and then I had a choice of joining a big company or a small company. Um, and I chose to join a very very small company uh, in the U.S. Uh, it was only 10 hotels, but was run by a bunch of brilliant men and women, who many of whom had gone to the university I went. Very entrepreneurial, very culture-focused, very people-focused. Uh, and it just felt like the right place to go and learn and develop. Uh, we jo I joined it. They had 10 hotels that grew to probably 120 hotels under a decade. Became one of the largest in the United States in the segment. Um, and then it got acquired by what today is IHG Hotels and Resorts. Uh, they bought it and uh, I stayed on and uh, grew my career all over the US. So I lived, in, I lived in Texas, I lived in Georgia, I lived in California um, and continued to have bigger and bigger and bigger roles. And so I, you know, I, I, became, I, was, started as, I was a general manager of a hotel at one point and at one point I was running 300 hotels in the US. And our former, former CEO, sat down with me one time in Chicago, we were talking, and um, he's from the UK, and he said, if you ever want to run this company, you need to work internationally, because it's a big world. And while the US is a major market, a top biggest market, because there's a lot to see and learn out there. And so he said, um, I want you to go to Australia. And so I moved to Australia and ran our Australia, New Zealand, South Pacific business. And it was, a, it was a great learning opportunity, because you can be pretty parochial living in the US, right? It's a big country, 
Most people don't have passports, don't have to travel, you know, and, and, and travel might mean going to Mexico or the Caribbean, um, maybe come over to Europe, but to go to the other side of the world, you know, 24 hours of flying away from home was a big step. I was, I was married. We had a daughter that was less than one. Uh, and then the journey really began. We spent uh, almost eight years in Asia, spent uh, three years in Australia, almost five years in China. And I ran our China business, which was jumping into the deep end of the pool in terms of experience and now have been here in the UK for uh, almost 10 years. And what's a, what's a life lesson that you learned in Australia and then what's a life lesson you learned in China that have brought you back that plays an important role to your everyday career life? So um, my wife's family is originally from New Zealand, uh, but she grew up in the States. Um, and so our, our family carries US, UK, New Zealand passports. Oh. Uh, and I learned one of the biggest life lessons when we were living as expats, uh, particularly in Australia. And it actually came from my wife because our families are very, very different. And we communicate very, very different ways. And it's quite easy to become judgmental, right? You sort of, it's, well, it's just, and she made a statement to me once which became a mantra for our life and how I kind of view people in the world. Not bad, just different. Because as you travel and live internationally, you're going to run into so many things that are so fundamentally different. How you shop, what you eat, what you wear. And people often want to say it's good or bad. And in many cases, it's just different. Not bad, just different. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and then I, I use that to coach people when they move internationally. I'm saying, you're going to run into things that are going to be really different than what you've ever experienced. It's not bad, it's just different. And is your wife from New Zealand? Uh, she grew up in the States, but, oh. uh, but her parents are Kiwis. And, but it really helps frame up when you run into difficult situations because mm. human nature often is to judge. Mm. And it's just different sometimes. In 2018, I was a bit lost, started the business, didn't, trying to work it out. And I thought I was kind. And I got the opportunity by the New Zealand government to go to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And when I landed in the country, it taught me so much yeah. about life. I spent loads of times with the tribal areas, in with the Maori community, the Pacific community. And when I got back on the plane, I felt like I got back on that plane as a different person. And I love that saying. I think it's I'm going to kind of take that. It's it's not bad. It's different. And then you talked about me moving to China, which was so different, right? Moving to a place where, you know, coming from. You know, I think we left Australia, which was a country of, I'm going to get the number wrong, 25 million to move to Shanghai, which is a city of 25 million, um, to a place where you don't speak the language, where the, the food culture, so it was completely different. Um, but by then, by having an appreciation of that and wanting to learn, you know, I have deep, deep connections to, to China and to, to my team there and people. And so as I've lived around the world, uh, I've just learned a lot and it makes you a better leader and a better communicator. So I have huge appreciation for so much of Asia Pacific having lived there and now Europe and in the US. And I think what's made me successful in my career has been leading a global company and being very international and also being able to have, appreciate the different perspectives of how people communicate, you know, because it, it is fundamentally different in different parts of the world and, and being sensitive to that. And, and do you think you can be international by just working in a team? I think you can. I think you have a. If you have a diverse team, mm. you know, I think that's the important of diversity. When we talk about people talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how we be, do that as an organization or as a society, um, I think people sometimes miss the benefit of it because they keep thinking it's well, it's about opportunity. It's actually about better business. 
Because if you have different perspectives and experiences in the room, you're just gonna make better decisions, right? If you have people who have different backgrounds, and because the people we serve have all different backgrounds, they can share that insight. And so I think you can become more international by being part of a diverse team. And I think it's really, really important to, again, go back to being inquisitive, make sure you bring people in the, to the conversation. So it's quite easy if you're maybe not in the, the main group sometimes, to be kind of have, feel like your voice is being a bit silenced and have to make sure that you're bringing people in to share that perspective and that point of view. So, and better business can mean better career. Better career, I think, I think we're better by the more we focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We make better decisions, people have better career advancement opportunities, um, and you have to work for a great company that's committed to it. So taking that into a learning for young people, they should look around their circle and look who's in their circle and take the opportunity to step outside their bubble if their bubble is not diverse and learn from other cultures, communities and people. We use the word bubble yeah. and I also use the word sometimes echo chamber. If you're just surrounded by all the, the people who look and sound just like you and think just like you, it becomes pretty self-reinforcing. And you're not going to have that perspective of, this is a big world with so many different backgrounds and experiences and, and cultures. And you need to be hungry to learn from that, to, make, to, be, a better, to be a better leader of people. Um, but also I think just to be a better person. Uh, and so I, I always get nervous when you kind of see people like, you know, that's, I use the word echo chamber. It's a, it can be a dangerous place to be if you don't um, recognize you're in it. When... I wanted you to come on. I knew it would be inspiring because a lot of young people get in hospitality and we're going to talk about the industry and the careers you can build after the break. But I saw all this fantastic stuff and I was like, wow, you've had a successful career. But what is your invisible success? What's something online that I can't find that's invisibly made you successful? Do you that's believe? made me successful? Mm. Um, I, I think people who, who know me well um, know that I am pretty humble. And I think that really serves you pretty well in life. Um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that has helped me be, I've been very, I'm confident, but I'm quite humble. And what, what is humble? What is, for the young people, oh, that's a nice word, what is it? Like, what does being humble actually mean? Uh, we were just in another event earlier, and we were talking about the importance of working in the service industry. And having that appreciation we were talking about when you, you often will see people go into a shop coffee shops something like that and be dismissive of the person behind the counter right not respecting necessarily what they're doing because they've prejudged them often i know i work behind a counter and i was going to university at an ivy league school i don't that person could be working on a doctorate that person could be doing anything and i think by being humble it's being really appreciative of the people around you and recognizing I don't know your story completely. I don't know that person's story, uh, but being very respectful of people and, and, and showing genuine care and concern. And I think the minute that you think you're better than somebody, like, you know, I'll walk in a hotel and if I see a piece of trash on the floor, I'll bend down and I'll pick it up. And people go, they're shocked when they see me do that. I'm like, why? You know, it doesn't make sense for me to walk across the room to go find somebody to pick up that piece of trash and I can pick it up myself. Um, so it's, it's leading by being humble like that, leading by example and, and having people go, you know what, he, he or she cares about people and they're trying to do the right thing day in and day out. And, you know, it's just 
I think you lead, you create a culture of followership if people trust you at the end of the day. And people trust people that know that you value them. And, and that's, to me, it's humble is a strange word, but it's, it's, it's just how you, how you show up every day that you just don't think you're better than anyone else. And the minute you do, you're in a bad place. You've already lost. Wow. When we take a break, it's been 15 minutes already. And we're going to top up our drinks and we're going to come back in under five minutes. Fantastic. And we're going to talk a little bit about the hospitality industry, the fantastic careers that you've got across your group and everything in between. Excellent.
So we're back. This time I've got an English breakfast tea. So I want to talk a little bit about planning, mm-hmm. prepping, and how to get maximise your day. Tell us a little bit about... Oh, there's the beep. Tell, there you go. <laughs> that's maximise your day. Tell me a little bit about maximising your day. How you've been able to do that and your experience and a story from growing up. Yeah, sure. Um, so as we were talking offline before, uh, you know, I got into university and um, we didn't have the money for me to be able to afford to, to go. Uh, and thankfully the, the school helped out and I had loans and grants and work study and all those things, but I had to work. I had to have a job to pay the bills additionally. And it really taught me about how to prioritize and how to plan and how to really think through. And it was, it was great advice someone I read the other day and I realized I do it, but I didn't realize I did it was instead of making to-do lists, it's actually scheduling things to get done. Because it's easy to have a to-do list, and then what you tend, people tend to do is just cross off the easiest ones. They often will just punt the hard ones. But in your diary, like I put everything into my calendar to say, this is when I'm gonna be writing performance reviews. This is when I'm gonna be working on getting ready for our bankers. Because if you have it on a list over here, it just sits on a list. And so what it taught me, I started doing it when I was in university, because. I was like, here's all my classes. Here's when I have to be a teaching assistant. Here's when I actually have to go work in the restaurant. <laughs> um, and so I blocked out all my time. So I've learned that from a very, very early age about how to prioritize, then say, and what are the most important things I've got to get done and, and schedule them? Because otherwise what you can easily do is go, Oof, I've run out of time and I still haven't got the big thing done. So you time block. Time block. And, and how do you know what goes into those blocks? Because it's easier, like you said, it's easier to say, oh, I'm good at that, let's do that, that one I'm not, and leave it and leave it and leave it. So how do you choose what needs to be done? For, from, from my role, it's sort of there are certain things which I know are just mission critical. Like I have to get these things done and get them done well. I make sure I put those things in first. Then there's other things that people would like me to do. <laughs> and I say if I can fit those in, then they get fitted in. But it's really having that discipline of being able to say what really matters on this list that I've got to get done to make sure it's getting scheduled. And, uh, but in human nature is sometimes going, hmm, I really like to do that. Um, I, I, that one's kind of easy, don't get a sense of accomplishment by getting that done, versus the, the hard things to get done. So making sure you, you put them in there. So I'm waking up and I'm, I've got an interview at one of your hotels. Yeah, I want to be a chef, mm-hmm. yeah. How should I time block, what should I do? My interview is at 12. Um, do your homework first. Make sure you really understand the company, the business, the restaurant, whatever it might be, but really come in being informed. There's nothing that probably irritates somebody who's doing interview when you have a candidate show up who really doesn't know anything about what you're doing, who hasn't really taken the time to do it. And the way you really impress someone is you've done your homework. You've done the research and saying, I know, I know about your hotel, I know about your restaurant, I know about you, I know what you're doing. And here's some questions I have for you too. So first is do your research and then come with some questions because people actually want to know what, what are you interested in? Um, and then clearly it's make sure that you, sh- you show up being your, your, your true self, but your best self too, right? Making sure you get there on time, not late, um, and, and present yourself well as a professional. And sh- those questions, should they be sent in advance for curious to say, these are the questions I've got, you may, you may not know the answer, here they are, or? I, I don't think you need to. 
But I think, you know, people, I mean, I, you know, I did three interviews this week already and, you know, people come in prepared and they've, you know, they've got their notebook in there. They've got a couple of notes and oftentimes I will ask them, hey, do you have any questions for me? And they'll say, actually, you've answered them all already and throughout the conversation or I have one left. But it is showing that sort of you've done your research, done your homework, you're prepared. Um, and people will, and, and, and candidly, people will judge you how you show up because going, hmm, this theoretically is your best day when you're doing an interview. And so how you come across is going to be really important. Um, but be confident, you know, and, and make sure that you also have a belief in yourself. Belief in yourself to want to do that job and want to thrive in the interview. And then also, depending upon where you are in your career, asking questions like, you know, I'd love to do this role and this is interesting and learning and so forth. And then where, where could my career go from here potentially? You know, and see if, I, if I'm successful. And so, you know, asking that of where it's going to go to making sure that people know you're thinking longer term. That it's not just a job, that you're thinking about a career. So tell me a little bit about the organization as a whole and how a young person get involved and where their career could go. And a little bit about the hospitality industry as a mm -hmm. whole as well. It's an amazing industry. Um, you know, we have 6,135 hotels ranging from super luxury resorts down to Holiday Inn Expresses, mainstream hotels. So everything from very simple hotels to hotels that have a thousand rooms to hotels that have 75 rooms. Hotels that, you know, serve the rich and famous to people that are basically out there to do manufacturing jobs. And so it's a wide range. Um, but it's a career where you can start at a point and work your way up. I was just reading uh, kind of a story that about one of our, one of our um, employees. And we have something called um, the IHG Skills Academy, which is under um, IHGSkillsAcademy.com, where we put a bunch of content out there to help people who are interested in getting in this industry to learn more about it, learn skills. Cool. This young woman, and this was in Nairobi, she came onto it and learned a bunch of skills. And then she went and applied in one of our hotels in Nairobi, and she got basically a training role in there. And now she's working in Doha. So, you know, she had the initiative to go in and leverage the tools we put out there, then found a great hotel to go work in and train and develop. And now she's into kind of a supervisory role in Doha. You know, that's a story out there all the time. I run, I run to people who started off working in the front desk and today are general managers, who started off working in the restaurant and now they're the food and beverage director. Uh, yesterday I was talking to one of our, um, we call them our next generation diversity, equity, and inclusion leaders. She's on, I have a board at the group level. We talk about it and she's in Germany and she started her career in a number of hotels then was at the Intercontinental in Berlin. And now she's a general manager of a Holiday Express in Germany. You know, so she worked her way up. So it's a career, it's an industry where you can start at the front line, continue to learn and build your skills and work your way up. You know, dishwasher to CEO. And that website you talked about, it's free to it's free. access because yeah. I know a lot of uh, places you go and do some courses and then it's not free. So to, to know that it's free, that you can go on there yeah. and access it is Absolutely amazing. Absolutely free. And, and do you get a certificate at the end? Uh, you get basically training credits throughout going through it, but it's really about being able to demonstrate to that you've, you've learned and that you're interested in the industry. So that's probably the first thing a young person should do. They want to come and work at one of the hotels is yeah, so go, go, to skills, go, go to the skills academy and we're, we're constantly looking at it there's apprenticeships in different parts of the world uh, programs here in the uk um and we want talent 
We want people who are passionate. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun industry too, but you have to love service at the end of the day. You know, you have to love working with people, working with teams. So, I mean, if you if, sort of say, if you're an introvert who doesn't like being around people, hospitality may not be the right, right opportunity for you. But if you are passionate about, and it's fun. I mean, we, we are there on people's best days of their lives and some of their worst days of their lives to help them. And it's a, you get a real sense of accomplishment. And what uh, what is the organisation doing in terms of digital and technology for the future? Because also that's an area that a lot of young people are interested in. And yet again, knowing how to use the till and, and serve a customer is technology. But tell me a little bit about the innovation and technology that you've done to, to mobilise, to help the customer journey as they come in the hotel quick to be quick. I mean, we have a wide range of technology platforms. Uh, everything from, we just launched a brand new mobile app this year on a next-gen mm -hmm. platform, to uh, completely transforming our loyalty program, to all new websites, to new data analytics, revenue. I mean, the, the technology platforms we have are massive. It's actually one of the biggest areas of our company because we talk about IHG being a hotel company. Really, we're kind of a platform. You know, it's about sales, it's about revenue management, it's about mobile, it's about loyalty, it's about opening hotels, developing, it's like this huge business that we have uh, around the world and technology underpins a good portion of it. So I mean, people going into STEM, it's an incredibly great opportunity to come into this industry in different points. So yet again, getting into STEM could lead you into a career in hospitality and then travel across the world and do all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, we've got my, you know, my chief, basically my head of digital, you know, she's an incredible thought leader and she, you know, she came from financial services uh, to come over to our industry. There's a lot of people who've come into our industry that didn't come up through hotels as well. So you can start your career in the hotels, in hospitality, or you can come at it from a functional perspective in communications and marketing, uh, technology, uh, finance and accounting. Wow. Well, what's, what's worrying you at the moment what, when it comes to young people across the world, across the country? What, what are you seeing, hearing and feeling we need to change as a, as a community? Along with Youth Space, we also go live on LinkedIn. So we could have all sorts listening in today from leaders uh, to ministers, who knows. What is your advice to those who are in the positions to make change? Particularly here in the UK, um, well, two things are keeping me keeping me awake at night. I think the impact of the pandemic on the youth of this country is probably more significant than any other portion of the population. Impact in terms of what their learning experiences were, what their social experiences were, and what their job opportunities are. And so I think we have to be really cognizant of that fact. I think also in this country, we need to be investing more in training, development, and apprenticeships and building skills. Um, at a more structured level. And you know, something we, we've talked to the government about and we will continue to talk to the government about. Because there's things that we can do as a company, but there's things we need to do as a country and as an industry more effectively to help build out the skill set. 60% of our workforce used to come from the EU, pre-Brexit. That's not gonna be the case moving forward. So we have to build out those skills and capabilities here in the UK to have a robust hospitality and leisure sector. And what is the skill sh shortage in the, in the industry? It's pretty much everywhere. <laughs> um, it's gotten much, much better in the last six months. Um, but a lot of it's in the front is, is in frontline service. It's it's working at the front desk in a hotel, um, being a receptionist. It is working as a concierge. It's working um, as a server. Uh, so it's across the operations. 
we're fortunate. We're such a big operator and such a great brand. We attract talent, but more broadly, this industry is feeling a lot of pressure and needs to have more talent. And, and people have to understand it can be a career. It can be a moment in time though, too. So I have a number of friends who worked in hospitality when they were going to university, and now they're doctors and they're lawyers and they're engineers. So it, it doesn't have to be your career, but it can be a great way to facilitate you financially when you may need it. Or in some cases, it's an incredible career that can span decades. So there's a company's responsibility, an industry's responsibility, and then a country's responsibility. And they all so, have to work together. Together. And that's one of the hard things. And I think we're very focused on that. Um, governments have had a lot of different agendas though in the last few years. And so it's been hard to always get front, front of their mind. Uh, but we need to continue to stay focused on that. And, and what is it, what is the message as, a, as hospitality? What is the message to government? What is it that we want them to do? Hospitality is 10% of all jobs globally. And it's one of the fastest growing industries around the world. So by investing in the talent, the skills, the capability to have that, it means we have growth. It's growth in this country. It's growth in career opportunities for people too. Failure to do that means we're going to be hindering growth. And so we have to make sure we, we need a growth orientation in the UK. And that's growing skills. It's growing our youth talent. It's growing companies. Uh, and I think that's the mindset we have to have. So 10% of the global opportunity work-wise is in Hospitality. Wow. Yeah. One in 10 jobs. Wow. And going to be even more going forward given how the industry, this industry goes faster than global domestic product GDP. It has for 18 out of the last 23 years. The only time it didn't was really during the financial crisis and during the pandemic, which you'd understand why. But it's an incredibly fast-growing, dynamic industry. So they need to RE up. We need to work on it. What is your three bits of advice that you've learned over your fantastic career that you'd like to pass on to young people in the UK right now? Three bits of advice. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier. But be, be inquisitive, be constantly learning, um, building out different skills. It's, it's, a, it's a lifelong journey, but you know, like at one point, you know, I, was a, I was a food and beverage guy. That's all I ever wanted to do. I'm gonna work at restaurants, I'm gonna be in food and beverage, I'm gonna that. And I work for an incredible general manager and she goes, I'm gonna put you into sales and marketing now. And I didn't wanna do it. And she goes, you're gonna learn so much in doing this job, it's gonna make you better at what you do. And I've had that happen multiple times throughout my career. Because I was inquisitive, because I was always learning, it just builds out, it's like, it's like building the foundation and keep putting layers upon layers upon layers on it, and you become bigger and bigger, right? And so it's ha having that, so, so constantly be learning, constantly be trying to, to grow yourself, because you will become a more effective leader and so forth. I think it is, um, <laughs> we talked about in the car the other day, we were saying about be kind. Um, people want to work for and with good people. And recognizing that it goes after being humble, but maybe it's humble, maybe it's being kind, but it's be, be the person that people want to work with, you know, and, and, and helping others is part of that. In fact. Mm -hmm. um, so first is sort of this, be constantly learning. Second is sort of this, be kind and be humble, be the person you want to work with. And I think the, the last thing is sort of recognizing later on is give back. It's critically important that if people have helped you progress in your career as you get older, that you're giving back. 
And that can be even somebody who's a new joiner. You know, you might be working now a couple years in the industry. Help that new joiner be successful. That's how you build followership. Well, you're, d- you're giving back right now by coming here and sharing your knowledge and your advice to young people. So well, I, love, you. I love to see people that uh, practice what they yeah. preach, which is really good. And what can young people do right now who want to get into hospitality and work for the company? What do they, what do, they do? How do they go about to, is there a careers website? What do they do? Yeah, IHG.com, we have a careers page, which lists all of our openings around the world. Effectively, so you can search by uh, type of opportunity and by geography, by hotel brand, and so forth. Uh, then, of course, we have the IHGSkillsAcademy.com, so building out their skills. So those are opportunities that are there. Um, or just go apply at your local hotel. I mean, they want great young people who are passionate about this industry to join them as an entry-level, you know, team member too. And, so. and what, what would I do? I turn up with my CV. What do I turn up with? Basically, first, we just see what job openings they have. Uh, and then be basically showing up with your CV and then completing an application and going through the process. So turn up with kindness. If they're, in the, if they're busy, just take a step, step back. We'll let them serve a customer and then... Well, I think it's actually yeah. usually contacting the human resources part of the team or even just going to the, you know, potentially if it's a smaller hotel, talking to the front office team and saying, do you have any job openings here and what's the process? So I think if you just go in being inquisitive and ask the right questions, you'll get pointed in the right direction. Absolutely. And my final question is, what's your duvet flip? What gets you out of bed in the morning to flip the duvet? Uh, feed the cats and the dogs every morning and the kids. Um, I love what I do. I mean, it's an incredible industry to work in. And... Um, you know, I would say in this time, I have a real sense of purpose of my job is to look after our customers, our colleagues, our owners, and help us be the best we possibly can be too. So, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by our team members all around the world. They do incredible things. Uh, I obviously say I have the least important job in the entire company because it's the people taking care of our customers who take care of our colleagues that really make a difference. The least important job at the company, but the most important job at home, feeding the cats and dogs. Well, on that note, I just want to say thank you for your kindness, your wisdom, and spending time to come over today to share all about the career you've been through so far and hospitality. Thank you for having me here. It's been great. You're welcome. And what an absolutely fantastic episode this is. Firstly, remember to be humble. That important word, when you turn up, don't be over arrogant. Turn up and be confident in yourself, but don't worry if you fill out your debt for a little bit, but believe yourself in here. And when you are humble, people around you will want to see you succeed. They will want to see you grow and they will want to help you get to the next step, whether that's a chef or whether that's becoming the CEO. But remember, surround yourself with good people and be curious, ask questions. What are you doing here? How does this work? 10% of the global workforce is hospitality, so there's a fantastic opportunity. And whether you want to build a career in hospitality or whether you want to have it a moment of time, that's really important. So go and have a look at the opportunities. There's some fantastic free courses you can do as well. Go onto the website, the Academy website, check out they, what, who they are, what the, what the opportunities are on there. Do those opportunities before you apply. Then you can go over and say, look, I've done the opportunities, here my CV. And remember that you will be able to succeed. Time is tough. There is a big world out there. Immerse yourself in different cultures. Come out your bubble. Learn from other cultures. Learn from other people. And remember, it's not bad. It's different. 
because that's really important and that is in every job you do. Next time you go into an hotel, next time you go into Starbucks, don't judge. Respect the individual behind the counter. Be respectful and you'll get respect back. And until next time, I'll see you next time.